0: if you are here this morning as a father and you did not receive one of these pens, would you mind raising your hands? Just keep them raised high. Some of our young people, at least I was told, are going to bring you one. There they come. Just keep them if you want. Just wanted to do something. These do have a light on them. David Ellison, if I see you shine that on me while I'm trying to preach... It is a blessing, some down here in the front. It's a blessing to be a father. I mean, I don't I got a new DVD, and I told you about my giant oatmeal cream pie, but I was sitting here this morning and sitting here in worship, and I could hear my daughter singing. I could hear my son singing. I can't think of anything better than to be able to come and just worship with my family and be with my family. Still some down in front, guys. I saw that light. But it it, it is truly just a great, great blessing. And and I, for one, am thankful for my family. But I'm thankful that my family can be a part of this family. We are so blessed. We're so blessed to be a part of this church. One of the things that we're seeing in evidence is our Vacation Bible School this week. Uh, It's going to be a great week. It's wonderful to see uh, Dee and Keegan and Lola... And Greg and Sheila, back from Africa today. And uh, we decorated the auditorium in your honor as you returned from Africa. Uh, we, did, we wanted you to know that you, weren't, <laughs> that you were missed. Steve will be home in just a few weeks. Um, I believe that uh, Adam and Jonathan are on their way back from Haiti as we speak. This congregation is doing so much, and we are blessed to be a part of this, of this body. Uh, Before we get into the lesson, though, I do have a prayer request. Uh, uh, Several of you may know uh, the family of Garrett Bain. Uh, Garrett was one of a student at the local high school, and he is uh, related to Jamie Andrews. And Jamie worships with us, sits right back over there. But Jamie says that Garrett was more like a brother to him. Uh, Garrett passed away just this last evening, uh, 17 years old, from a four-wheeler accident. Uh, Carol and Lawanda Bain are his parents, and you may know them. But I also sat there thinking about what it would be like today if I'd lost my son today. and uh, They just asked that we would pray for them. And so, if you wouldn't mind, let's just bow our heads for just a moment. Dear God, Lord, we thank You so much for being our God. We thank You for the care and the compassion that You have in our lives. Lord, we we know that, that You know this family. And we know that that You know the pain that that they are feeling. You know the the anxiety that must be going through their their minds and the questions and the the frustration and just the heartache. Lord, we just ask ask that You would comfort them. We ask that You would comfort them with a comfort that only You can bring into our lives. We ask that You would strengthen them as only You can strengthen them. And Lord, help us, help this family, help this community to reach out to those who have suffered great losses so that they may know that they are not alone and that they are loved. Be with them. Give them the things that they need. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Switch gears just a moment. Our VBS kickoff. We're going to do something awesome this year. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to This evening, we're going to be having a big kickoff service at the new park here in town. So at 6 o'clock... Come out. There's going to be hot dogs. There's going to be registration tables that are going to be set up. Uh, so many of you have already helped with that. Parking's going to be an issue, so you can meet at the old church building. George is going to run a shuttle from there to the park. Please bring a lawn chair. We can set lawn chairs in the grass, and it'll be just like at Horse Creek, except with a, with a PA system, I hope. Some of our young people are going to be leading us in our worship. We'll be starting at 6 o'clock, so just come and be a part of that. It's going to be a great night. I know Dustin's put a lot of work into that, and uh, Roslyn is ready to register about a thousand young people, right? <laughs> <She's> <laughs> a bunch of young people. She says, maybe not. We'd have a problem with a thousand, but, but, but a bunch of young people. we take a thousand. Yes, we would. Uh, but come tonight. There will be a service here at the building if you don't want to go out there, uh, but uh, hopefully everyone's going to meet out there, and we'll just be together as a family, and we'll have worship beginning at 6. There should be... Basically, from six until seven, our worship uh, registration. And then there'll be some activities for the kids after that. Have you ever found yourself in the middle of a job that was a little more than you knew you were signing up for? you Ever have that happen? Oh, it happens a lot, doesn't it? I I think back into my mind. Uh, to a good friend of mine. His name is, is R.W. McAllister. And when I was in my early 20s, he called, me up. he called me up one day and he was doing a little bit of renovation on his house and he said, hey, hey, hey can you come over this evening for maybe just like an hour or two because I, I got a couple pieces of drywall and I need some help putting them up. And I said, well, you know, it's no big deal. You know, I can, I can sh- share an hour or so and I can hang some drywall. And, and, I'll, and every time I see him for the last decade when, when we talk about this, I got there at about 3 o'clock telling Shelly I'll be home for dinner. I got home at 2 in the morning. Okay? He had an entire re- remodeling project with a drywall in and didn't, nobody knew what they were doing. And it was, a, it, was, it was way more than I thought I was getting into. And so every time he asked me to do something now, I asked him, I said, are we dry, hanging drywall? Because if it is, I don't want to do that. That happens a lot in life. Doesn't it? What well, we think we know, but we don't really know. We think we understand what it is that we're signing up for. But sometimes when we get into it, we, we don't really know. And so in, in our text this morning, and you can open your Bibles to Luke 14 and we can read along in some of this, Jesus is, is going to try His best to prepare His disciples. And He's going to try His best for our benefit to help us think about this. I like the way that, that, that the text begins in verse 25. It says, There was a great multitude... The great multitude were going along with Him and, and He turned and He said to them, they are going along, and there are, there are people, the crowds are coming, so many are coming, and this is, this is really before people have started to turn away from Jesus, and everyone is following Him, following him along, and you can, you can almost picture this in your minds as the wheels are turning in Jesus' mind. His, I, I, need, I need to say something to them. They, they think they know, but they don't really know. They think they understand, but they don't, they don't really understand. They think that they want to be my disciple, but they don't really understand what it is that, that they're signing up for. Fathers, on Father's Day, do, do you ever have those thoughts? Do you ever have those thoughts about your sons? That There's something, there's something I need to talk to him about. There's something I, I need to say to them. There's something that I need to prepare them for. And, and I don't know that I have the words to, to prepare it. I don't know that I can even exactly describe it, but, but, but I'm going to give it a shot. I, I'm going I'm to try, try to convey to my children this, this idea that they need to know, even though there's a, there's a reality that they can't really know before your son gets married, before your daughter has a child, before they go off to start their first job, their first real job? Aren't there some things that your children need to know? Aren't there some lessons that that you've learned and and you want to convey them to them, but, but you really don't have the words, but you've got to try? You've got to to, to put that out there. I remember a conversation that I had with my dad, and I remember him telling me about about my first job. He said, Son, you need to know that they will work you as hard as you will let them. I didn't know what that meant. About six months later, I knew exactly what he meant. And I reflected back upon those words. There are things that, that my parents told me about what it was like to be married. I thought I knew what it was like to be married, I didn't have a clue. And it was only when I was in the middle of it that I needed those words. Right? we got children going off to college. David, there are these things your daughter needs to know, right? We've got to have, this, we've got to have these conversations. And I don't know that I have the words, but, but, but I've got to tell you, I've got, I've got to try to prepare you for this so that one day when this comes along, you'll, that's what Dad was talking about, right? That's what they were talking about. That's what Jesus does here crowds are following him around and all of a sudden he just stops and, and, and he turns and, and he says to them, these I mean incredibly difficult passage, he says if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple I mean that's not the way to draw a crowd is it? That's not the way, for, I mean, we, that, 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 that's not that positive preaching we talk about. That, that, that's, that's really that's difficult stuff, right? I mean, why, why is Jesus saying that? Listen to me. Which one of you, Jesus says, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and, and is not able to finish it, then all who observe all who observe it begin to ridicule him, saying, "Well, this man began to began to build and was not able to finish." Or, or what king? What king, when he sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and take counsel whether he is strong enough with ten thousand men to encounter the one coming against him with twenty thousand? Or else, while the other is still afar away, he sends a delegation and asks terms of peace. So, therefore, no one of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his own possessions. Therefore, salt is good, but if even salt has become tasteless, with what will it become seasoned? It is useless either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears, let him hear. That's what Jesus says. Can Can I be. Jesus is not trying to run people off, that's not what he's doing. He's not trying to hurt people. He's not trying to be mean or cruel or insensitive. He's trying to prepare them. He's trying to get them to see this is something you need to know. This is something you need to understand. Because if you don't understand these things... There's going to come a day, there's going to come a time, there's going to come a season when your faith and your relationship with me is going to be pressed and pushed and pressured in a way that it never has been before. That's when I want you to think about what I just said. That's when I want these words to come back into your head. This is what he was talking about. Count the cost. Count the cost. Don't don't define your relationship with Jesus Christ when you are in the midst of the storm. Define it today to prepare yourself for the storm. Count the cost. Who am I? Why do I serve the Lord? Can I tell you that one of my very first sermons, my grandmother found the VHS tape here of this a couple years ago. One of my very first sermons that I ever preached in the Morley Church of Christ, probably to a whole bunch of widow women. I don't even remember a man being in that place. One of my very first sermons I ever preached, I preached on this text. Count the cost of being a disciple. 19, 20 years old. If I ever get a chance to go back there, I'm just going to say, thank you for listening to me. I didn't know. I didn't know I couldn't know I thought I knew I thought I knew what it meant to count the cost I thought I knew the cost of being a disciple of Christ I didn't know there was no way I could know 20 years old friends I'd never sat there I'd never sat there and, 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 and held the hand of, of someone who said who said goodbye to their child or to their husband or to their wife I'd never done that I never experienced people who were supposed to act one way in a righteous and a godly way who acted in a completely ungodly way I never dealt with that in my life I never I, I never dealt with people who, who, who said I don't care what the Bible says I'm going to do what I want to do and you're the one with the problem if you want to follow them I've never done that I never tried to be a parent I never tried to raise a child I never tried to impart faith I've never brought a soul to Christ. I've never grown. I've never been married. I never. I never tried to be a husband. I never. I never been a, a minister in the Lord. I've never, so many things that i never. I just did not know. Jesus is telling his disciples, "I want you to think. I want you to think about what your relationship really is. I want you to count the cost." Because if you don't count the cost today, I promise you it will cost you more than you think it will. If I can't walk out of this room this morning with this resolute idea that I will follow Him wherever He leads me, whenever He may lead me there, in whatever way He may lead me. If I can't walk out this morning saying, I am ready and willing to pick up my own cross, I'm going to have struggles. And my faith is going to be tempted and tried. Can I tell you this, what I have learned? In 15 years of being in the pulpit of the Lord's church, can I tell you that life has given me a lot of reasons to walk away? I'm not talking about from preaching. I'm talking about from my faith. Can I tell you that life has given me a lot of reasons to walk away from my faith? Can I also tell you that Jesus Christ has given me more reasons to stay? Can I tell you that my own brethren at times have given, me more, have given me reasons to walk away from my faith? Can I tell you that Jesus Christ has given me more reasons to stay? That's what He's talking about. Count the cost. Prepare yourself. There will not be streamers across the auditorium every time we come together. It's not all like that. I love the streamers. great. Too tall to stand up there, I think. But it's not all like that. We know that. We live that. We learn that. Hold fast. Hold fast. Friends, we need, we need to learn to be a people of joy. It's not just about hanging drywall. Because we're going to come to a point and we said, this, this is not what I was, thought I was signing up for. When I'm eight hours into the project that I thought was going to take two hours, it happens spiritually, doesn't it? Doesn't it? But I'm here to serve, I'm here to be the sacrifice. When people start grumbling and complaining, and oh, no, no, and we think about the words that Jesus used in Philippians 2, do all things without grumbling or complaining. Why? To prove yourself blameless and innocent children of God, above reproach, so that other people aren't the same thing Jesus says. So that when people look at us, they don't think, well, I, I, I thought you had Christ. I do have Christ. I want the world to see that. But that starts here. That starts on the front end. I knew, Paul says there in the context of Philippians 2, I knew when I showed up that I was asking to be poured out like wine. We sing it. Jesus says, do you really? Do we mean it? Do we mean it? Even when it costs us something, He says you count the cost. Prepare yourself for these things. Prepare yourself to be that living sacrifice. That, that great debate where, he, where Jesus calls us to be all in. Don't come halfway. Don't come halfway. If we go halfway, it's a waste is what He's saying. Don't just follow me around looking for a meal, Jesus would say to His disciples. You come and you follow me. You come and you pick up your cross. Halfway, it doesn't do us any good, does it? It doesn't do us any good on the, on the playing field. It doesn't do us any good in our families. It doesn't do us any good with Christ. He says, I'm not calling you to come and give me a little. I'm not calling you to come and give. I'm calling you to come and give all. That great quote from C.S. Lewis. when he says, Christ says to us, give me all. I don't want so much of your time and so much of your money and so much of your work. I want you. I've not come to torment your natural self. I've come to kill it. No half measures are any good. I don't want to cut off the branches here and a branch there. I want the whole tree down. All in. What's missing? What's missing from my faith? So often it's that all in ideology. All of myself. And then that's the key. Will you try it? Can we try it for two months and see if it makes a difference? Some of you live it. Some of you are thinking about living it. Jesus calls all of us to give all of it. Can I say for the next two months? Try one month if you think two months is too long for for the next for the next month or, or, or the next two months. Listen, every time that the body co- that, that the body of Christ comes together, unless there's some uh, some big reason I can't be there, I'm going to be there because I want to be there. Every time I have an opportunity, I'm going to find a way to actually sacrifice. I'm going to find a way to actually give up something of my own material possessions, to give it to Christ, to sacrifice for others. I'm going to invest my time. Whenever there's immorality in front of me, I'm going to turn the channel. I'm going, I'm going to not do things that I, maybe I used to do. I, I'm, going to, I'm going to share my faith. I'm going to tell somebody else about who... I'm not talking about in my Bible class. I'm talking about in my workplace. I'm talking about people that I know. I'm going to tell them why Jesus Christ is so important to me. You do that, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's going to change your life. This debate, is it easy? Is it hard? Is it easy? Is it hard? Friends, you ask ask people who live their lives all in for Christ. Ask them about their life. Ask the people who have sacrificed the most. Ask the people that you look at and you say, I don't see how you've done what you've done. And you know what they'll tell you? They'll say, what are you talking about? You talk to the people who've gone into foreign lands and they've left their parents and they've left their relatives and they've left their home and they lived a lifetime and, and they'll come, we'll come and we'll have them speak and we'll say, you're so great and you're so awesome and you're so... And they'll say, what are you talking about? Is it hard or is it easy? Is it hard or is it easy? Jesus says, yes. I mean, it's both. It's both. What do people say when they come through the storm? I don't know how people without Jesus Christ make it. I don't know how they endure. I don't. But that's the whole point. They have Jesus Christ. It eases our burden. Bill read, for us, Bill read for us that classic passage from Matthew, from Matthew chapter 11 when Jesus says, Come to Me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn from Me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For My yoke is easy, and My load is easy. Is light. Which one is it? On one hand, we have Jesus saying, You need to understand that if you're going to follow me, it's like it's like death in a concentration camp. Take up your cross. Were you here Wednesday night? I mean, if you heard the description of the cross and what went on that day and you weren't moved, I don't know what you got going on in here. It was powerful. Jesus says that's what we're called to be. And then he says, "My yoke is easy. My yoke is light. Come and follow me." Jesus is not asking us to come and just be beat down in our lives. Jesus is asking us to come and offer ourselves as a sacrifice so that he might help us bear the burden and carry the load for us. That's what that yoke is. Be tied together. He says, I'll bear the load. I'll bear the load. The load that's overwhelming to you. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you these things that you need to know and you don't understand. <coughs> Remember? Remember when, when you were young and, and your daddy would tell you, lift, lift with your legs. Remember that? Lift with your legs. My daddy used to always tell me that. I didn't need to lift with my legs. I was a Man. Right? I was strong. I could bend over and pick up whatever I could. Oh, years later, when, I, when my back is hurting, that's why he told me lift with my legs. He knew I needed to know that, but I couldn't know that. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm trying to help you, I'm trying to ease your burden. We're trying to go about living this life trying just to, just to muscle our... You're going to try to muscle your way through it and grit your teeth just a little bit more. That's not what He's calling us to. Come, be with me. Be crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live the life which I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God. Well, it's, it's everything. It's not i got my life and there's some faith in my life. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. I live in Christ. My hope is in Christ. I'm baptized into Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. He becomes my life. And that's why we can look at passages like we began with where Jesus says, I want you to understand what it is that you're signing up for. It's more than you think. We're going to have church camp in a couple of weeks and there's going to be some, some young children and they're going to say, I want to follow Christ. I want to be baptized into Christ and we're going to have to sit down and we're going to have to have that discussion and I'm going to try to the very best of my ability to make sure that they understand what it is that they're committing to. What it is that they're signing up for. Somebody told me once there was a, a kid that came and wanted to be baptized and very adamant about it, had all the right answers, been raised in the church, knew what baptism was, knew what sin was, forgiveness was, could probably preach a sermon. And, and, and finally looked at this little boy and I said, all right, but you do understand that if you, if you get baptized, that means you actually have to start being nice to your sister. He said, I'll wait. It's a cute story, but it's real. It changes everything. It's a burden. It's a burden that can only be borne by Christ Jesus. You can't bear it. You can reject it. You can't bear it. You can try to, to lift it up under your own strength and under your own metal. You aren't strong enough. So Jesus says, come and follow Me. You come and you follow Me and you attach yourself to Me. And you'll cross. You'll make it. Because I'll carry you. That's the invitation to be crucified with Christ. Is it hard? Yep. Is it easy? Yep. It's the invitation that will change your life. It will change your family. It will change your eternity. There are some here this morning. I know there are because we've got more than two or three people here. There are some here this morning who are breaking... Your lives are breaking because you haven't fully given yourself to Christ. Your lives are breaking because you think that faith can be a part of your life instead of all of your life. The invitation is to come and to pick up your cross. There are some who are here this morning whose lives are breaking because you're trying to do it yourself. You're trying to carry that cross by your own strength. When Jesus says, let me help you, let me bear your burden. Walk with Christ. There are some of you here this morning who have never been baptized into Christ. I don't know why. I don't know your story. But I know what needs to happen. I know that this needs to be the day that you never forget. This needs to be, needs to be the day that you begin that walk. This needs to be the day that you look back on years, years in the future and say, oh, that's what He was talking about. Your father and your brother and your Savior says, I love you. I love you like a father loves a child. Embrace me. Do it this morning as we stand and sing.
1: I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. The world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, no turning back. Though none go with me, I still will follow, though none go with me, I still will follow, though none go with me. I still will follow, no turning back, no turning back, my cross I'll carry, till I see Jesus, my cross I'll carry, Till I see Jesus, my cross I'll carry. Till I see Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now? To follow Jesus, will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back, no turning back.